Sammy. And this is the Holistic Heart Podcast, the place for all things therapy and mental health. We know navigating the human experience can be as challenging as it is beautiful. So we wanted to create a space where we can dive deep into self-exploration, normalize the struggle, and hold space for hard topics and conversations. We are so excited to have you join us on this journey. Hello and welcome to the Holistic Heart Podcast. I'm Sammy and I'm here with Kristen. Hi. And today we are going to just jump right in and talk about everybody's favorite topic, perfectionism. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know about Kristen, but this is something that I may low-key resonate with a bit. You do know though. You do know. (laughs) I very much know. (laughs) so polite. (laughs) Like, like, I know about this. Well, and I think that we were just talking about this. Um, it's something that really runs very rampant and can present in so many different ways. And I think that's maybe where we can start talking about perfectionism in general is that like, I think when I hear that from an objective standpoint, it sounds like it's like you have to be, everything has to be perfect. Right. And everything, like there can't be any mistakes at all. And as we were just talking about this, it was kind of like in our, in, I guess, in relationship to our own, um, experience with perfectionism. And obviously I don't know about you, although I probably also know the answer to this too. This comes up when I'm talking to clients so often, but it really does present in so many different ways. And, and it doesn't always, and actually I would say often doesn't present in just a purely everything has to be perfect. There can't be any mistakes at all kind of way. And even if that's not something that's present, it doesn't mean that you're not dealing with perfectionism or those perfectionistic tendencies that like to weasel their way into things. Oh yeah. I feel like when we hear the word perfectionism, for me, it conjures images of like rigidity and like hyper structured and, um, you know, like things having like a a quote unquote right or wrong way to be done and like, you know, being pretty linear about your process around that. Um, And I think that's a lot of people's idea of perfectionism in in a general way, Um, except that when I hear it applied uh, to a person, it doesn't necessarily just like anything, like it it doesn't stay static in that way, you know, right? Like it's like, oh, uh, we all bring our own essence to this sort of, and I Mm -hmm. love the idea of, I'm going to offer like um, archetypes in relation to perfectionism, because I feel like, so archetypes are just like naming a pattern. So I would say like perfectionism could be like considered an archetype because it's a pattern of behavior um, or the perfectionist would be an archetype, right? Like, And that is, which really, I think lends itself well, because it's like, okay, the person then animates that pattern, right? Like, so it's like, yeah, this can activate, it can be alive in me, but 
it's also me. So how it shows up is going to be different for each individual person. And I know I've seen this show up in so many ways with my clients, my friends, myself. (laughs) So I'm sure we'll have plenty of examples to talk about, but I don't know if there's anything you want to start with Sammy in particular, or. Um, I'm thinking as you were just talking about that just now, I'm, I was kind of thinking of like, where to begin, where do we, to me, it kind of is, um, it's something that you can jump in at from different angles, but to really understand that, um, it's coming from a specific place and that although subjectively, this is going to be coming from different places for all of us, I think from an objective standpoint, oftentimes that, um, like tendency to lean towards perfection, or like you said, reaching that linear, um, you know, trying to fit things into a specific box kind of mentality is coming from a space of trying to create or maintain safety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so understanding it, and maybe as you're listening to this um, and thinking about, I'm sure how this maybe presents in your own life to me and from, for my own personal journey with perfectionism, that's been a really helpful kind of angle and filter through which to experience and, um, deepen understanding around where some of the perfectionism is coming from is like, why is that coming up? And really taking the moment to answer the question. This is something I notice, and I'm sorry, this is probably a little tangential, but we oftentimes ask ourselves questions or I hear clients and friends and everyone like asking questions of ourselves. And then we don't answer it. I don't know about you, but when I answer, or when I ask someone a question, I just don't get an answer like at all. There's just no response. That is perhaps one of the most infuriating experiences. (laughs) You're like, um, hello, but how often are we doing that for ourselves? Mm -hmm. And so to be able to start to delve into this, to understand like, and deepen that, um, awareness around why is this coming up for me? Why is it so important that it is done in a certain way? Or, you know, again, however it may be presenting. And that's the question that comes up most, I think, is like, why? Why is this happening? Why am I feeling this way? Or why do I, why do I behave in X, Y, or Z pattern, right? Um, is And it's like, yeah, let's actually really get curious and, and answer that, you know, to the best yes. of our ability. Let's lean into that question a little bit. Um, I love that you pointed that out because it definitely happens. I feel like we're so flipped, like, oh, or we say it like in sort of an exasperated way, like, right. why? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> leaning into that yeah. and leaning into it with a sense of like, rather than questioning in like a doubtful or like pessimistic way, just in like a curious in like through an inquiry. That's why I like the word leaning, like leaning in, you don't have to like, you know, bust the door down for this question, but just like lean in, like what could be behind this kind of thing? Yeah, it's like invitational. It's a gentle yeah. Exactly. All yep. those breadcrumbs a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that I noticed that I was thinking of as you were talking, Sammy, is is often, I'll say for, in my own personal experience, for sure. And also for most people that I talk to, there's like different standards for mm-hmm. others and for self, right? And oh, so perfectionism yeah. is all about the self <laughs> and like it's like oh yeah it's totally fine for other people to make mistakes it's totally fine um you know failure isn't permanent or like of course you know you can't get to 
level 10 right away or whatever. There's so much compassion. There's so much understanding. There's so much grace given to others. And then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, but not me though. Right. Oh, but no, 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 no. <laughs> that does not apply to me. Right. And so I think there's like that interesting face of perfectionism. And then I love what you shared about safety. And I would almost add to that. I think um, safety, maybe like psychological, or emotional safety. And in the mm-hmm. sense of maybe belonging, acceptance, uh, self-worth stuff. I think enoughness comes up. Oh, yeah. Them, right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm enough. And so I've got to do things perfectly so that I can either prove that I'm enough or so that I can avoid criticism that would hurt this, this part of me that feels already like I'm, I'm afraid I'm not enough. And so there's some pretty deep seated things that can go underneath this sort of, I feel like perfectionism is almost like flip in our culture now. Like it's like, Oh, you're being such a perfectionist or whatever. It's like this, like, you know, sort of, um, generalized term, which I feel like a lot of mental health terms are being thrown around that way, oh, yeah. um, which is a, for another episode, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> but it does feel like it's a little uh, light, a little like callous around like, oh, it's so perfect. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it makes it to me feel like it might be more of a choice or more of a superficial expression of self yeah. than it really mm-hmm. is. Like it's really tied to some pretty deep stuff going on with a person. Yes, absolutely. Well, and I love that what you're mentioning too about around it being like, oh, you're just choosing that. And I think to add on to what you were saying, where it can, it can be like, oh yeah, like I don't have this perfectionistic expectation of others, but I do of myself. I also think that it can, it can be created because perhaps you have had experiences with other people who have very much had expectations that everyone is going to be perfect, whether they're including themselves in that or not. And then that can be what starts to contribute for yourself. Let's say you grew up in a household with those expectations and, and whether it be, you know, there was a lack of um, emotional or physical safety that you felt if you didn't perform or do something quote unquote perfectly, um, or not, or like you're saying, there's this like not enoughness. If I don't do this according to X, Y, and Z, then whatever the outcome is not going to be um, in my favor, in your favor. And so it's like recognizing and deepening. And I mean, I say this about everything, deepening your awareness to understand where it's coming from is such an important element of being able to move forward and shift through and grow through these experiences. Yeah, I'm very, um, you know, sort of psychodynamic in my approach to Mm -hmm. therapy, which does do some like a lot of looking back to early life experiences. And sometimes I'll hear from my clients, like, why do I need to look back? And, you know, I think that's a good question. And it's not so that we wallow in the past of things that cannot be changed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we just, um, you know, feel bad about the things that happened. It's, It's because if we understand the past is always influencing the present and we understand how the past is influencing the present in order to be able to disrupt that pattern moving forward. So if we Mm -hmm. understand, like you were just saying, Sammy, where some of this stuff is coming from, then we know sort of, right, the underlying need. So perfectionism Mm -hmm. is a behavioral expression. Mm -hmm. It's, and it's, 
an attempt to get needs met. And so if we mm-hmm. look back and try to understand, so the reason why perfectionism would look different in different individuals is the what need are we meeting and where did it start and how did it start is going to be different for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so even though the behavior on the surface might look really similar, the underlying unmet needs are going to be different person to person. And that's what we need to understand in order to interrupt that pattern and have a shot at doing things different moving forward. So I think that's a super important point. It also made me think of, um, you know, where can some of these things show up from? Like, as you were talking, I was thinking of um, potentially children of alcoholics or someone with a substance abuse problem um, or, a parent or caregiver who had their own mental health challenges and wasn't able to provide emotional safety or had unpredictable behavior, mm-hmm. um, some challenges with like attachment, like we, like we talked about with Claire, um, okay. those things can create an experience in the child of like, what do I need to do in order to create a safe environment, whether it's a physically safe environment, an emotionally safe environment. And that could be what might seem really small to people of like getting a cold shoulder if you do a certain thing or you say a certain word or, but a child, we experience that as a withdrawal of love, right? Mm -hmm. And like, so it's like, and it's visceral. Um, So if you had a, you know, parent or caregiver who gave you the silent treatment or, you know, would get upset um, or there was inconsistency, like one day you do this and it's great. And the next day you do the same thing and it's not, then there's like this impulsive, compulsive need to figure out what the quote unquote right thing is so that you can quote unquote get it right, right? Like, right. And, yep. and we, I feel like this is not stuff that people think about when they think about a perfectionistic adult. Oh yeah, right? yep. absolutely. I, I think it's not, I think what you were talking about earlier where it's become kind of like it's a word in our zeitgeist. We just say it and it's like flippant and it's dismissive and we're not one we're meaning to be, but just like, Oh, I mean, I know I do this to myself all the time saying that where it's like, Oh, it's just, I'm just being perfectionistic about this or something where it's like, okay, okay. And how how do we deepen and become aware of where that's coming from? And I love, I love that we're steering this conversation in the direction of understanding, like how this is so impacted by needs being met or not being met and how we do that. Because as creatures, like we are always trying to, um, maintain the sense of, like, I was talking about safety, but the way that we do that is to meet certain needs. And like you were saying, the way that this can show up in different ways, a, we don't think about it. We just call it perfectionism or, oh, and, and also let's just be honest from an objective standpoint, we're conditioned to think of, yeah, if it's perfect, then it's going to be perfect. If you do things perfectly, then your life's going to be perfect. Right. And so it's like, and, and to me, and we were talking about this earlier too, that a lot of times plays into productivity and like being productive is perfect. And even if it's not everything that you're doing, isn't perfect. It's like, as long as I'm getting stuff done and we have these super, super high expectations of ourselves, all of these different things are manifestations of how we're trying to get our need, our needs met, excuse me. And, um, as you were speaking, I was also thinking about 
like different contexts that it can come up in. So maybe you feel like you're really perfectionistic about your appearance, your physical appearance, but it doesn't come up so much in your, um, like the way that you keep your household, or it may come up more in like interpersonal things, but not with your appearance, or it comes like all of the above and, and recognizing that it's not something that you have to, even if you're not, um, like resonating with being a perfectionist, which is just another label, right? It's recognizing, oh, where are maybe some of these tendencies coming up for me? And how can I explore these to deepen my awareness of what needs am I trying to meet? How, how, how long have I been doing this? Where is it coming from to also understand, is this maladaptive? Is this something that I'm doing? That's not in support of my greatest good. Mm-hmm. So many of the things that we do as adults helped us at one point and are no longer, right? Like they become obsolete at, at meeting our needs, at, at getting us to the next level of our existence, of our experience. So I think that's a really powerful question to be asking. And I think about the, like when I talked about um, perfectionism as like archetypal or as a pattern, I love where you're asking yourself, like, maybe I don't experience myself as a perfectionist, right? Like, but where do some of those qualities, rigidity, um, duality, binary, right? Either or, um, right, wrong, good, bad, where, where does some of that extreme structure, where do I see those things coming up in my life? You know, Mm -hmm. and it's not that I necessarily experience myself as this, but like, where do I see those qualities poking, (laughs) poking through maybe nowhere. And like that, that would be an interesting inquiry too. And not everybody experiences this for sure. But, you know, being curious, I think is like, and I think it's so uh, important what you just said, Sammy, about like, it doesn't have to show up everywhere. And it it often wouldn't, right? Like it's like, because what I hear and what you said was what's, where do I place my value? So if I, if I source my sense of worth from my physical appearance, then I'm going to be, it's most likely that perfectionism would show up in relation to my physical appearance. If I sense my worth through my relationships or what I feel like others feel about me, then it's most likely that my perfectionism is going to show up in relation to my relationships, right? Like, or work or home or possessions or whatever those things might be, but Mm -hmm. it just powerful to me as we continue to talk about this how much it's tied to value what's my value mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well and and yes absolutely with value this is just making me think of self-disclosure this always came up for me with like grades mm-hmm. and I'm thinking of and, and that's pretty common too and so when you're recognizing something like that too where it is so binary it's like yeah what are like you aspire to get an A or to be top of your class or whatever the case may be. And then you are, um, let's say quote unquote rewarded for that because societally we're taught that that's what you should be like aspiring to. And so then it's, you can see where that pattern is perpetuated, especially when we're talking about the value, because if you look at almost like the larger structure within which you're operating, that let's say is valuing that a versus allowing yourself to recognize that like 
you're, you're not like, you don't have to gain your own personal value through getting that grade, but it is, it can be really challenging. And I think this is something that's important, especially if like, I'll talk to people, it's like, but I like, I didn't feel like that in my household. I didn't have that. I didn't have this model to me. Where is this coming from? And sometimes taking a look at other contexts, other structures that you're operating within to see where it, it isn't always coming initially from this in, internal space. It can come from these external um, influences as well. And to just, again, become aware of that and, and lean into that. Yeah. And I would challenge too, to explore. I agree with you. Certainly that can be like um, external, like institutions, like an academic institution, cultural mm-hmm. norm or value that can place these um, sort of parameters on us and, and, influence our own thinking around it of course absolutely and also I would be curious about what about us subscribes to that right like because there's also a piece of like I'll say you know for example for myself um I remember in like undergrad I went for business um and I had to take an economics class and I was just like I'm not I'm not a numbers girl y'all and I was just like yeah, I really don't care about this class. Like, I just mm-hmm. don't really need to do any better than I need to do, right? Like, sure. it was just like my decision was just like, I just need to see, like, I'm mm-hmm. not even going to try to get it. It wasn't important to me to get an A, but there right. were other classes that if I did got like lower than the grade that I wanted, it mm. would absolutely impact me. So I think there's yeah. also like, not only what does society value, what have I been taught to value, but also like, what do I personally value? And like, why, you know, like I, I, I would have a hang up around, like if I felt not competent in an area that I thought I was, but because I had made peace with the idea that like, I'm not going into economics and I don't need to know this information. It didn't feel like a, a life or death thing to me in any kind of way. It was just like, right. And Absolutely. So like those pieces too of like, oh, I, can't, yeah. I would say that I can be perfectionistic in academia. Mm-hmm. But I also remember those places where I was like, you know what, we're just going to let go. Like, oh, there's only yes. so much. Yes. Whenever I'm like, if I'm working with a client or even with myself, I think of this deepening process as like when you're reading something or studying um, and you, maybe you use different color highlighters and it's like, it's these, this conversation is helping to highlight different areas, but the highlighters may be different colors and maybe there's overlapping things, but it's just looking through these different lenses to help to highlight, to become aware of where some of these patterns may be showing up for you and then deepening into why is that coming up for you? And also the differentiation, because as you're telling that story, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I wish when I was going through school, I had a little bit of that because it was like, it didn't matter what class I was in. I was like, oh, this has to happen. And it's so funny too, because when you go through life and you have different experiences, that perspective that you can gain, because, you know, on the other side of my education, I'm looking back and I'm like, oh gosh, like at that moment from this like beautiful space of hindsight, that was unnecessary. But in that moment, it was like, oh, that you can think of and all consuming. And so that's, I just always like to look at it as like thinking of just highlighting it in different colors and different um, ways of seeing it. I love that analogy. And I think Absolutely, because it feels like you can look at this one thing through many different lenses, right? Like I'm saying that it, you know, one class didn't matter as much to me, Mm -hmm. but 
you could also look at it through the lens of like, did I care what my professors thought? Was I, am I the kind of person that needs external validation? And so would it matter to me regardless of the top, the subject? Yeah. Right. right. Like, and that's one option. There's also a shadowy aspect that I think of, which is like mm-hmm. probably was very much active in my experience, which was like, well, I'm probably not going to do well in this class. So if I tell mm-hmm. myself that it doesn't matter to me, if right. I don't do well in this class, is that a self-protective mechanism? Yeah. And is that my own like perversion of perfectionism, right? So mm-hmm. it looks like it's not, but then it is, you know, because I'm still doing what I set out to do and I'm protecting right. I'm feeling like I was less than right. Like, yeah, there was lots of different ways where it could have been genuine, like, oh, I really don't care. Or it could have been protective. It could have been a mixture. Um, So there's all these different ways that what matters to us is, I think, the sort of crux is that same like needs orientation. Like, what do I need? What are my underlying needs and what threatens, for lack of a better word, of self-worth uh, or my sense of self like my con my self-concept which would be shadow stuff right like yeah yeah but it tells me what's inconsistent with how I see myself so I hear that a little bit saving what you're saying like oh I had to be good in all of them like like I'm not the kind of person that doesn't get good grades in school right like that yeah. right absolutely well and I I know for myself when you're talking about that like approval seeking that is such a huge element or can be such a huge element um, that was a little Freudian slip. Obviously it's a huge element, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but it can't be such a big element again, because that operates around this concept of needs being met. And even if they're like, it's this perception of needing this, um, need to be met. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't know about you listeners, but even like, as you're saying that I'm like, oh yeah, I've worked on this a lot. And I that didn't even cross my mind until just now <laughs> during this whole conversation. And Block um, that out. Just block it out. <laughs> like, thanks a lot, Kristen. <laughs> um, but but it is so. Um, I think it's so powerful to have these kinds of conversations and to listen to these kinds of conversations too. To not only learn through your own experience, but to also learn through other people's like vulnerability and they're um, sharing their own experiences too. Mm-hmm. And that's why talking about these different examples of like how it can present and maybe you resonated with all of them. Maybe you resonated with none of them, but being able to like, um, unwrap the layers, kind of peel back the layers of your experience is really what, um, a huge takeaway of like, for me around all of this, everything that we talk about in general, but specifically what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. There are so many ways to view ourselves. And I think that's part of the beauty of this. It's like, and and that's part of the challenge, I think, with language and labels is that like what we're talking about today, it absolutely can can be slash is perfectionism. It also is other things. It's like not only perfectionism, right? Like, and so that's where we can get into it's so important. And I feel good about like that social media is starting to move in the direction of inviting nuance, but it certainly has been absent of nuance for quite some time because it's oh, yeah. you know a simplified platform. You put up a quote, there's not a lot of room for, you know, or you do a 30 second video, you're not, there's not a lot of room for nuance and all the different ways this could be interpreted, right? right. Like, and so yep. it creates this idea that I think mental health concepts in particular, the way that they've been shared on social media, it creates this idea that this is that, like, 
like X is X and there it's nothing right. else, right? Like, and when this shows up, that's what's happening. And it's yeah. like, well, no, like there's always <laughs> like many X is like a three-dimensional, five-dimensional, multi-dimensional, yeah. uh, you know, variable. And there's many, yeah. many sides to it. And so perfectionism might be like, if you're thinking of like a stone or diamond or something, it might be like one facet of this mm-hmm. experience or of this expression. And there are other things that are showing up alongside it. There are p- parts of you, there are, you know, like human needs for belonging and acceptance and social safety and things that we all need, um, all of the things, right? Like, and so I think it's helpful to talk about some ways, not always, some ways that it can show up and also to explicitly name it's not only, even in these, this conversation, it's not only perfectionism that we're talking about. Right. Absolutely. Yep. And I think, um, it would be really helpful. And I don't think that we have time to do this today. So I think it would be really great too, as always, maybe explore (laughs) this in another episode, but talk about ways to be able to sit and meet ourselves where we are around some of these perfectionistic tendencies and help to, I don't even want to say challenge them, but maybe start to shift them, start to ask, um, you know, what need is the serving? What, um, you know, what, what am I getting from this? And if, if, you know, folks are looking for ways to maybe start to shift away from those practices, or if those practices are feeling maladaptive and unhealthy, we can kind of start to explore some ways to be able to shift that for, um, for the times when it's feeling like maybe our needs aren't being met. Cause it's so frustrating when you're like, I'm doing this to meet a need that's not being met, but I know that this is like impacting me in a not so healthy way. Yeah. Or even like you're saying, I am doing this and it is getting that need met, but either it's getting that need met on a superficial level that I'm not really able to receive and integrate, or right. it's getting that need met at some kind of cost to me because the behavior that is requiring me to sacrifice myself in some way or be unhealthy toward myself in some way in order to meet that need. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a great idea for the next, for them, it's going to be the next, not, I don't know if it's going to be the next episode for an episode. I feel like that's a great idea of just like what I heard you saying is essentially what need is this tied to? What need am I trying to meet? Mm -hmm. And essentially, is there a different way that I can meet it that doesn't require me to betray myself or I take my, my safety and my well-being into consideration. And that is like habitual pattern that maybe is serving me in some way, but also not serving me in others. Yes, absolutely. Let's do it. That sounds amazing. Well, I feel like we, we started it off. We started off great. (laughs) This could be I think a multi-episode conversation around perfectionism, but Mm -hmm. I hope that it feels like an accessible introduction. You know, like there's, like you can hear some of your own experiences here and we'll get more into it next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.